books with Paul and Tim. I'm Paul. And I'm that other guy. Well, folks, this is gonna this is not gonna be a uh, quick and you know or this isn't gonna be one of those hour and a half long in depth discussions and you wanna know why? F and Skype recorder. Yeah, so um a little behind the scenes information here. Yep. So we Be- behind the behind the music. Yeah. VH one behind the music. Where Aaron turns his back on us for the whole month of October. Yeah, Aaron Aaron has abandoned <laughs> us. And uh Wayne did not abandon us. However, <laughs> um, so we record our show using Skype and MP3 Skype recorder, you know, so we record our conversations and, you know, do all the fancy editing, levelating, put it out to you. The we do a lot of work for you people. Let's you just do. Put it that we, way. Yeah. It, it's and not since Aaron's fun. abandoned us, that's had to be a lot of more shit for me to do. And I'm not, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, we don't just sit around a, a you know a phone call with a, a digital recorder on and the phone on speakerphone. Um, and not edit it and all that other crap. Yeah, this isn't kicked in the yeah. di- well. That isn't kicked kicked in the dice bag. Yeah, that it sort of anyway. It still sort of is. Yeah. Oh, anyways. <laughs> anyway, so we we recorded a full episode featuring me, Tim, and Wayne earlier this morning, and um, didn't record it. <laughs> yep, that was a big failure. Yeah. So. All, the, all that goodness that you would have had, because it was actually good. And I'm not even just saying that because I'm on it. It was pretty good. This one is not going to be so good. This one's going to be awesome. This one's going to be fucking rapid, terrific. Rapid fire. It's going to be half hour with Paulie and Tim because we're going to bang this out and crank it out because we got things to do and people, places to go and DD campaigns to plan. So, Paul, you hosed Aaron. You, you bent him over the railing, didn't you? <laughs> we're going to be iPad buddies. You and me, iPod, iPads forever. <laughs> And what did you do, Paul? <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell the story. Uh, iPad soap opera, right? These are the days of our lives. These are the iPads of our lives. So the day the iPad came out, I got this big bonus at work. I was all excited. I was going to go line up, get my iPad. I got stuck at work till like 5.30 that night. And, you know, by the 5.30, pretty much everybody was out of freaking iPads. Aaron was able to leave work early, and he's texting from line and tweeting from line. Hee-hee, you're going to get my iPad. Wait, wait, hold on. So he's he was able to go get his, his stinking iPad 2? Yeah. But what's he what's he done the entire month of October? True, true. But that was before Aaron became a busy bastard. Oh, okay. And he was able enough. to leave work early on a Friday. Oh. Yeah, so instead I got hosed. By the time I got out of work, everyone was out of iPads. And so, you know, I spent the bonus money on other things. And that's all the iPad 2s they would ever make, right, Paul? Just that first shipment. You just said. that first shipment, and it, it hasn't been available since. Are you the kind of guy that if you can't go opening night, you say F it until DVD? I just Essentially. Want well, no. Okay. I mean, it's not F it until DVD, but you lose motivation a little bit. You know, like after opening weekend, you lose motivation a little bit. You're like, ah, I'll get to it. And it's just like the iPad. Like, I missed it opening day. You know, of course, they didn't have new shipments for another week or two, you know, and then it was still hard to get. It was hard to get for those first couple months. So, like, ah, I'll get to it. Just and, like some of our comic books this week. Ah, we'll get to plot later. Yeah. <laughs> so spoiler alert right there. Yeah. <laughs> show. That, that was foreshadowing, not spoilers. Oh, that's right. So, when Amazon announced their Kindle Fire... I was like, ooh, very exciting. Because really, I got to be honest, the main reason I want an iPad isn't so I can take pretty pictures or Skype or do whatever the shit, you know, some of the fancy iPad-only shit. I really wanted an iPad for some of the – Yeah, for Angry Birds and for comic books. (laughs) I mean, I know I sound like a chick right now, but, you know. Fruit Ninja. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Angry Birds and comic books. 
No, I really, it, it really was. I wanted a digital reader that was in color. You know, I, of course, I want some of the more. I want more features than just a regular Nook. I wanted something that a tablet offered. And the Kindle Fire, based on what I've read, offers about 80% of what the iPad can do at 40% of the price. It's only $200, whereas the cheapest iPad is $500. So my my folks got me my Kindle Fire for an early birthday slash Christmas present, and it came in the mail the other day. And I got to say, you know, the first thing I installed before Angry Birds, first thing I installed was the Comixology app. And I downloaded my Justice League digital copies. I put on some... Um, it's no secret to say that some comic companies do send us preview copies, preview PDFs of their comic books. So I put some of those on. Um, so I've got like the entire run of in, uh, Incorruptible and Irredeemable on the thing. Severed, oh, Image Comics, Richie Rich, no. Um, Richie Rich. <laughs> Casper the Friendly Ghost, no. Uh, that's, so I, that's more like it. The other parts were just baloney. Yeah, exactly. Who reads Incorruptible? That's bullshit. Yeah, yeah Archie I've, got married. Really I downloaded funny. Sonic Universe. Um, <laughs> so how does that look on your Kindle Fire? Um, I got Sonic I, looks awesome. I gotta be honest, Sonic looks awesome. He looks just like Mario. No, the Kindle Fire is a very, very pleasurable reading experience for my comic books. You know, I know some folks say it's hard to read some of the dialogue text if it's really small. I have yet to have that problem with any of the stuff I read. Uh, I've read. Maybe in the future, maybe I'll have some of the issues, but I haven't so far. However, it does offer zooming in on PDFs. If you're reading Comixology, they have what's called a guided view, which is a panel-by-panel view that inflates the panels, and it's almost like almost like a... a it, it actually makes reading comics a longer experience, because you're focusing on each panel rather than on each page. And I, I gotta say, I freaking love it. I love reading my comics digitally. Ugh. I, I know this this sounds traitorous to say, but if I were in Andrew's situation, uh, you, you, I don't know if you guys remember Andrew. He was our host for like two months, and then he backed out. You know, so his son could play some soccer and some bullshit. Was that was that the one that made all the all the sex remarks? Ah, no, no, that was the other host who abandoned oh. us. Andrew's the necropath, the necrophile, necrophile. The necrophile on uh, Knights of Rainsboro. So he has some issues with his comic shop, or had some issues with his comic shop. He has since abandoned the comic shop because they Much suck. like he abandoned us. Yes. He, he, has, he has left his comic shop because they suck. He is either buying his comics at Barnes & Noble or digitally. In his situation, especially in March, where Marvel goes full digi- or goes day and day digital on their entire line, I would go full digital with my floppies. Yeah, full frontal digital. <laughs> you never go full digital, Paul. <laughs> but he did. Yeah, but I am loyal to my comic shop. I am not leaving my comic shop. I do enjoy flipping through comics. However, I, I, I got to be honest, I actually would go full digital. And, and one of the things you guys missed on the first conversation was we were talking about the price point of digital comics. Because Aaron and I... You know, for quite a while now, have have complained about the price point on digital comics and them being the same price as print comics. Right, and how Marvel seems to keep keep the price the same, whereas DC seems to drop it on a pretty consistent basis after a couple of weeks. And so the question was, is that is that is Marvel just treating it like a source of of revenue that they don't plan to grow? Because it's, you know, it seems to me like regular books 
a month later, you can find them at a discount. You know, oh, now they're two bucks or whatever, but, depending on your comic store. Obviously, El Camino will probably still try to hold you up, but yeah, you know, I kind mean, of, I think Marvel eventually will go with the same model as DC when they, you know, when they go in March when they do the the full digital line wide thing i'd imagine they probably will have some type of price structure where when the next issue comes out the previous issue drops to a buck you know, drops a buck in price the problem is marvel does have more 399 books than dc so the books will still be 299 you know and one of the things i was realizing when reading my digital comics this week while you were drinking your frappuccino on your segway yes while i was drinking my frappuccino on my segway on my way to starbucks on my way from Starbucks. There you go. I was going to say, going to get more Frappuccino. Yes, a double Frappuccino. Um, <laughs> they forgot the whipped cream, so Paul had to go back. Cause he yes, was, I needed a triple venti Frappuccino with extra whipped cream. Wearing his scarf in friggin' August. Anyways. <laughs> I um, I realized there are no ads in uh, digital comics. And so, to a certain extent, I'm beginning to understand the price point. You know, there's digital, whereas print comics, you know, you're paying for the cost of printing and, and you know, of course, the, the writers and artists and everyone's salaries. In digital comics, you know, you don't have the price of printing, but you also don't have the advertising revenue that print has. So, I'm beginning to understand a little more the price point. And I gotta say, I, I wouldn't buy both. I'm not going to buy a print and a digital unless they have a combo pack like DC does with Justice League. You know, but I, I would actually pay $2.99 for a digital comic that I don't buy the print copy for. So, like certain books on the DC uh, New 52, like OMAC, that no one else reads on the show that I enjoy, I probably would. I could switch and read it digitally and, and feel comfortable with that price point. All right. I'm, bu- I'm about to go old man on you, Paul. Because back in my day, we didn't have this digital comic bullshit. You had to buy your comic. You had to get it at the. You had to get it at the the drugstore, which we called a drugstore back then, not a pharmacy. It was a drugstore. It'd be on one of those spindle racks, and everybody would burn steel, even though nobody knew what it was about. <laughs> can't can't get into this digital comic stuff. I can't pay three dollars for something that really isn't mine. Well, but here's you know? but here's the cool thing, and here's something to think about. Like you know, when I work on a Wednesday. You know, I go to work on a Wednesday, after work I go pick up my comics, then I come home and read them. Well, instead, I can actually download my comics digitally from work and read them on my lunch break from my Kindle Fire. I mean, that thought appeals to me. Like, you can read the comics anywhere. I can bring my Kindle Fire to to Starbucks while I'm wearing my scarf. I mean, I don't work, go to Starbucks, <laughs> but let's say I let's say I went to Let's pretend in an alternate universe, which is really this one. Yeah. No, let's okay, here's here's an example. I fly a lot. Like not like Superman. I fly like on plane. <laughs> <laughs> not like Superman, like Wonder Woman in Invisible Plane. No. He flies a lot cuz he takes a lot of drugs. Yeah. with his hipster friends. Exactly. A lot of fly is a euphemism for being high. Exactly. All right, anyway. Gregory for that one. Uh-huh. Um, spoiler. So <laughs> <laughs> You mean you're on an out of airplanes, Paul? I'm in and out of airplanes and, you know, in and out of airports. Well, it like if I fly out on a Wednesday, you know, sometimes and I have done it before. I'll just bring my bag of new comics with me. And I'll lug around, you know, all my five comics. There you go. Oh, two or three trade paperbacks to have something to read on the journey. The whole two pounds worth. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Instead, I can just bring my Kindle Fire, load it up with comic books, and be able to read them without having to lug around all my comics. Disturbing. It's just that it's convenient, and the 
the screen just makes your comics read i read justice league number two i haven't read justice league number three digitally yet i've read it in print it is the colors just pop off the screen even it almost looks better than the printed page especially when you're doing the guided view where you're looking at each panel and it's blown up to the entire screen it is just beautiful guided view guided view is another way to say you're too stupid to read a comic book so let's help you do it well yeah uh, but you know what there are people who are like well which panel do i read first you don't deserve to read it right <laughs> exactly when you, when you read a book what side of the page do you start on oh i'm reading right to left come here of it guys oh no i can't i can't i can't do it paul i everything you're saying makes a whole lot of sense it sounds a really convenient but I need I need a dead tree. I, I get it's it, and I, I I I am with you. I gotta be honest. The reason the the reason I am a, a convert. I'm tired. I am tired of having these comic boxes mm. in, in, in my office. You know how many? Com- At what point is the limit? You know, basically, I have these nine long comic boxes, and when I get when they get out of control, when I get comics that I can't put in there, I go through the nine comic book boxes and take stuff out, and you know, either give it away or sell it or whatever you know whatever meaning pitch it exactly you know i I can't just you know i don't want to keep doing that i don't want to build up i don't want to buy more comic book boxes so i have this unruly comic book collection that i have to buy a storage bin or rent a storage bin to put my comics in i want something convenient and to a certain extent with my music i converted all my cds to digital you know what what's the difference between doing it with my comic books and making it a convenient experience that will not flood my house with comic boxes are ugly wow the whole cd versus digital music thing just made it click for me damn it i don't want to get digital comic books. <laughs> you can do it tim you can do it no i can't because Kindle- i have to buy a 300 dollars piece of junk that i don't need because i like to actually read real books too it's only 200 dollars, and you can read books off of the kindle fire just saying oh Oh, I don't, don't think sure it'll go down in price. I miss my rotary phone, Paul. <laughs> Let's talk about something else that pisses me off. All these people that go to Twilight. Uh-uh. So, as as good as my week was with the receipt of my Kindle Fire, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was also devastatingly tragic because I went and saw Twilight last night, or I guess Twilight Breaking, Breaking Dawn. Dawn. I'm part- sad. I'm sad. I know the title. Twilight Breaking Dawn Part One. And I gotta tell you, here it goes. It was the biggest "what the fuck am I watching" movie I have ever seen in my life. So, spoiler warnings on for anyone who doesn't already know this or gives a shit. I don't uh, give a shit. So keep going. All right. So the movie, you know, so in the movie, the the two lead characters, Bella and Edward, get married, and they go on a honeymoon. And yes, <laughs> and you know he's a vampire, a super strong vampire. She's a human, so basically every time they have sex, she's a human with mind control powers. Basically, yeah, yeah. Stupid. Every time they have sex, she gets all bruised up and beaten up. <laughs> Looks like he abuses her. <laughs> and then, like two weeks into the honeymoon, she realizes, "Holy shit, I'm pregnant." So, like, he knocked her up with his vampire because you know vampires dead sperm are dead, but they can still come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he knocked her up, right? And so this baby grows at this astronomical rate, and it's like eating her from the inside. So she has to drink blood to keep the baby from killing her, and blah blah blah. Mm. And then in sounds tra- like a fanfic. Oh no, no! Here's oh, the wait, best part. It is. Yeah, here's the best part. 
Mm-hmm. So when she goes into labor, mm-hmm. well, the baby, you, you, they couldn't, they can't cut through the, you know, the, through the the fetus or whatever to get the baby out because it's a super strong baby. You can't just stick a scalpel in it. So they get a chainsaw. No, the dude uses his vampire teeth to no his wife's stomach. No, to take the baby out. Yes. Uh, I'm uh, like, what am I watching? Not only that, there's a scene where all the werewolves get together, and it's all CGI wolves, and they're talking to each other using telepathic powers. And I felt like, like I was... Like a dog's life? Yeah, like I was watching a Pixar or something. Oh, my God. Why couldn't they just be, like, in human form? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, you know, you can make some changes for the movie version. Why can't they just be humans standing around a table talking? Instead, you have to have these wolves, these really bad CG wolves screaming at each other telepathically. So they're not, their, their mouths aren't moving either. It's just... No, their mouths aren't moving either. They're just... Oh, my yeah. God. oh my God, Tim. It was so, so fucking crazy. I'm really glad it didn't make the most money ever in a weekend. That's still out of their reach. <laughs> Thank I mean, God. I'm just like, I'm watching this, and I'm like... Is this really happening? Especially the childbirth thing. Oh, and, and here's the best part. So, like, the, the concept is that these wolves, they they basically find – every once in a while, they'll find someone and they'll do what's called imprinting, right? Mm. Imprint means that basically – They pee on their leg. Essentially. Like, you are the person that I am going to be with the rest of my life. It is peeing on their leg. It's like, you are the person I'm going to be with the rest of my life. I will either be your lover or your protector or something. I will be your everything. I will be your hero, baby. Exactly. All right. I got it. This is lame. So after the childbirth where he tears her open with his vampire teeth, Mm -hmm. the werewolf guy imprints on the baby. Oh my! What is he doing? He, he sees the baby, and all of a sudden, he has this hi X forward where he sees her in the future as a teenager, a beautiful woman, blah blah blah. And it's like, dude, the girl you love is lying with her stomach torn open by vampire teeth on the table, and you're imprinting on her baby. Her yeah, new- and your and your gay boyfriend sitting there with his bloody his mouth all bloody. It was just so so crazy. I just couldn't believe what I was watching. Mm-hmm. It, so there it is. Yeah, I, I, I literally don't have an opinion one way or the other. I can't you say should. it sucked. I can't say it's good. I can say it is absolutely balls to the wall. What the fuck did I just watch? You, you should have an opinion, Paul. You should have an opinion as a man. As a man, you should be like, <laughs> these are the worst movies ever. These are the worst books ever. Well, you and know nobody what? Nobody should that, ever watch it, ever. There were a lot of freaking dudes there last night. My wife looks at me. She's like, there's a lot of men here. I'm like, yeah, there are a lot of suckers out there. Like, Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of suckers taking their significant others to movies, dear. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I, you dude, better I, put that, you better put that fucking chicken costume on tonight. God damn it. <laughs> I'm getting something out of my 30 bucks. Exactly. Jesus. But, so speaking of disappointment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, same transition. Same disappointment. Switch genres. Justice League 3. So, Justice League um, is a book that I think everyone on the podcast is reading, but no one has outright loved yet. I have Aside from the art. 
Let's, let's exactly. put that aside. Yeah, let's, and I gotta admit, even this one was not as... This uh, one was not as... Issue 3 was not as strong with art. You can tell Jim Lee is, is struggling. And anyone who follows him on Twitter and sees that his day starts at like 10 p.m. at night is when he starts doing his art. Hmm. And like when I wake... when I, On my way to work, Jim Lee's like, all right, done for the day, going to sleep. I'm like, dude, <laughs> it's like 6 a.m. in the morning where you are. But anyway, so... Justice League number three came out. Jim Lee, Jeff Johns, and I'm still not loving the book. I mean, I did like certain aspects of it, but I'm not head over heels like I want to be with this title. Yeah, this Wonder Woman is definitely a little bit a little bit cooler than the Wonder Woman I read in Wonder Woman one. I'll agree with that. I do like the the way they're personifying Wonder Woman in the new Fifty Two. In fact, I like the way they're personifying all the characters in the new Victor Stone. Except Victor Stone, but I got to be honest. He doesn't really have been personified anyways. Exactly. He sucked in the old 52, or the old DC universe. Although, to be fair, the the one that shows up this week, we can't speak to either too much. I don't feel like. Like If you you read Aquaman, maybe you could talk to it a little bit more in the new 52. But if anything is, you know, nothing's really canon. Because, like, the Superman, the voices are different in the Superman books between them. Much less between that and Justice League, right? Yeah, well, Justice League is supposed to take place five years before the current uh, DCU title. So this takes place five years before what's going on in Aquaman right now. Uh And I'm really digging the current Aquaman title by Jeff Johns and Ivan Reese. So Aquaman pops up on the last page of this book, and one of the things I have to say about Justice League is that there are no clear goody-two-shoes heroes in the entire bunch. Eh, Flash is fairly goody-two-shoes. That's true. Flash is probably the only one, because everyone else is kind of like the Ultimates version. Mm -hmm. You know how, like, when the Ultimates came out, everyone was a dick? (laughs) Right. That's essentially what this is. Everyone's a dick. Actually, Batman's a little less of a dick. When you compare it to everybody else. Exactly. I mean, like, when Wonder Woman pops up, Green Lantern looks at her and he's like, dibs. <laughs> Which is a guy thing to do. It is. It is funny. a very guy thing to do. And, but then when this. Aquaman pops up the end, he's like, who's in charge here? I vote me. Nice. Yeah. I'm like, that's very ultimate to me. <laughs> you know, this, this, everyone's kind of like not this clear-cut goody two-shoes. And I, I, don't get me wrong. I like it. I like the way the characters are personified. It's just different than... Than they were previously. Yeah, I kind of like I kind of like the way they're telling Superman. Yeah, he's not he's not necessarily a dick, but he's not a Boy Scout. Exactly, and I got to be honest, I'm not I'm not digging the Superman title by George Perez that Wayne and Aaron are liking, but I really like the way Superman is in this book. Okay, so it sounds like we're seeing a lot of good things. Here's the complaint, and yeah. we already know what the complaint is because we already talked about it before. But we'll we'll uh, ignore that part. The complaint is that there's a definitive lack of actual story going on. Yeah, I, forgive me. Jeff Johns, I know you listen to our podcast. Please forgive me for this. This is reading a little bit like Fear Itself to me. Yeah, yeah, a little, well, I didn't read Fear Itself. But, but what I can it, say it's is all that, action, no story. Yeah, it, it's decompressed storytelling, so you're not going to get a whole lot of story anyways, right? But three issues of them fighting has been... Yeah, know, it, and that's really all it's been. I mean, the book literally started off in a fight scene. And has kept going from that scene into more fight scenes. We've not had a quiet moment to really examine the characterization. And I get it. You know, you start off with a bang. But even even Michael Bay. Oh, don't say that name. Even Michael Bay will have 15 minutes of characterization before he blows shit up. 
before his craptastic rest of the movie starts. Exactly. You know, uh-huh. you, you gotta you gotta have some slow moments to kind of get used to the characters. And the only person who we've had a slow moment with, other than Wonder Woman, is Vic Stone, who no yeah. one gives a shit about still. Well, Flash had like a pan- a page where he was in the office. That was okay, and that was interesting. Exactly. We need a little more of that, and I get it. Darkseid's minions are kind of attacking the world. There's no real time for slow moments, but... Uh-huh. And maybe that's what they're going to do for this whole flashback storyline, is it's just going to be fight team, fight team, fight team, fight team. Poker night, like issue seven, yeah. and Jim Lee's going to jump off the book. Exactly. Oh, you know, yeah. it's just like X-Men. Remember X-Men had, like, the Chris Claremont, Jim Lee X-Men had that big-ass story that was all fight scene, and then they had the basketball issue. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yep, Justice League number seven, the basketball issue. <laughs> the horse track. <laughs> exactly. No, no they, they've already done basketball. New Avengers always does poker and eating. That's true. So they well, got like something those. else. Baseball? Maybe baseball. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't Maybe they could go to a watch a football game together. That'd be okay, too. There you go. Orgy. Really, Justice League number seven is just going to be the orgy issue. You need a little bit more less male. For that to work. <laughs> That's true. I guess it would Just be the gang issue. You wouldn't really call it an orgy in yeah. the current incarnation. It would be another word. Yeah, the gangbang. Just saying. Yeah, I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> Too late. Uh, nice, nice ball. Well, speaking uh, of gangbang, Red Hood and the Outlaws came out this week also. Also number three. So let me let me let me remind everybody that Justice League and Red Hood were kind of like it's kind of like when we made everybody read a, a comic book that was awful. Like Paul and I had this like suicide pact, really. Yeah, it was kind of a suicide pact. That, that <laughs> he, I would read Justice League if he read Red Hood and the Outlaws. I'm not sure who's getting the worst end of this deal though, Paul. I think I am. I gotta think you I. Would, am. You would say that, wouldn't you? Because, you know, I, I like Justice League. I still like Justice League, despite all its faults. Yeah, Justice League, we said disappointment. Justice League's not a, a bad book. It's not. It's just not but it's the not book a, it should be. It's not, yeah, it's not an all-star book. That's why um, it's disappointing. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, Red Hood. Red Hood and the Outlaws, written by Scott Lobdell, art by Kenneth Rocafort. And I think the core issue with this book is the story. Yeah. Um, the art is appropriate. The art is well done. It's very funky. It's very cool, very modern. The story really has not been connecting with me. You know, of course, in the very first issue where people were complaining that Coriander was, you know, this. Coriander's getting womanized. She's not the character I knew. <laughs> Shut up. Or <laughs> you had that. Yeah, that you was know. a direct quote. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have issue three now, which essentially, I guess, is Scott, Scott Lobdell saying, well, look, no, these people have personalities. Let me show you. Yeah, basically. And so we take a break from the action to basically flashback to the greatest moment of each character's lives. Now, Starfire flashes back to when she was first enslaved, and it, it looks like it was her first kill. That was her – That was her. how did this guy put the greatest memory – yeah, her greatest memory or something. Her greatest like, memory was kill, what, killing this one dude. Didn't she marry Robin or something? Yeah, didn't she have like great moments when she first found friends on Earth? No, that must not have been important because we also had that little reveal that she doesn't forget everything, just the unimportant things. That's what she tells her yeah. anyways. I, I'm starting to think maybe it's baloney. Maybe she's just putting up a front so that she can act the way she wants to act for now. Well, and I get it. This is a new universe. Maybe none of that shit happened, but I'd venture to think some of it may have. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And at this point, i got to be honest, I'm not sure I care enough. 
Yeah, so that was her greatest memory, which was kind of bull. <laughs> yeah. So then we get into then we get into uh, Roy Harper here. So Roy Harper, his greatest memory is Killer Croc beating the crap out of him, basically. Essentially. But the the storyline behind it is this is right after Roy has been dumped as Oliver Queen's uh, sidekick, and he he ba- you get the you get the feeling that well even Killer Croc says. You know, you're just trying to commit suicide, basically. Yeah, and Killer- you want me to put you out of your misery is basically what he says. And mm-hmm. Killer Croc has this touching moment where he says, "I'm not your." Uh, he kind of holds him up, which is kind of weird too. Yeah, it's a little weird. They have like a little snuggle. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, listen, buddy, you want to kill yourself? You're going to do it on your own time, but you have to make that choice. I'm not your instrument. Suck it." Was basically what he said. Yeah, exactly. It was like this, like this bro moment. Yeah, and it worked. You know, I got to be honest. To a certain extent, I would, I would be interested in seeing that not relation, that friendship. You know, maybe not a friendship, but they get in a fight, and maybe there's a scene where Roy doesn't take the shot to bring Croc down. He lets him get away or something. Yeah, like there's mutual respect, a mutual respect for each other. I would be okay with that. That scene worked for me. Yeah. (laughs) Now the final scene. Now here's the basic concept to get into this. Hidden or this forbidden pathway. Valhalla, yeah, yeah. They have to lend their favor, kind of like when you go into a you know a work building and you don't have your badge. They hold on to your license. Mm -hmm. Essentially, they have to leave their favorite memory with the gatekeeper. And so at the end, when they get their favorite memories back, Red Hood says, "You know what? Fuck it. You keep it." He doesn't say fuck. Yeah, no. He He says, "Forget it. You keep it." I'm too cool to have my greatest memory back. Is basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so the greatest memory is then displayed to us, and it's the most normal of the bunch. I'll let you take this one. Well, it, it's uh, J- Jason Todd is uh, it's back when he was Robin, and there was a scene where you know he was too ill to uh, go out on the nightly patrol, so he was kind of sitting at home being sad. He kind of yelled at Alfred, and then all of a sudden Bruce Wayne shows up, and they're sitting on the couch together on movie night eating popcorn. And uh, it was kind of, it was pretty it was pretty it was nice it was, yeah. a, it was a good moment it was a nice touching moment you know I, I wish they had not been sitting on the couch in their costumes that was a little weird yeah, yeah it's like you know you can change really yeah you know you, 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 you <laughs> guys don't have to wear the costumes all the time yeah. um, okay so here's the part there's a couple different character moments that were kind of cool just like in the first few, in the first couple books there were some moments that were were cool but it's all centered around a story that is god awful I mean. Uh, maybe not god awful, but it doesn't work. Exactly, it's not an interesting story. And I got to be honest, the modern characterizations don't flatter the characters. I don't care. I, I, I enjoyed the flashbacks. Modern day Arsenal, I'm really not giving a crap. Oh, I sort of like modern day Arsenal as this southern like yeah, this you know, redneck dude basically kind of yeah. you know backwater. You know, a little bit of a womanizing kind of, you know, kind of a dick. But we're not getting enough of that. We're filling in these characterizations, but we're not really getting much of that. They're, we're getting a lot of focus on the Red Hood and a lot of action, mm-hmm. but we're getting basic character beats. But we're not. I'm not getting the story I want from this character set. You know, when this book was first announced, especially with art by Kenneth Roquefort, it was one of the ones I was really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. But it's just been kind of a disappointing book, and I, I'm. I know we had a deal, and you don't have to buy Justice League number four on account of me, but I'm out of Red Hood and the Outlaws. See, uh, I, I can't blame you. I can't blame you because, like I said, the storyline's been fairly not firing. And there's been a lot of good moments, but I don't think it's worth getting 
15 pages of what what the hell to get yeah. five good pages. And, you know, maybe it's because it's focusing on Red Hood and this ridiculous Buddhist monk baloney that they're trying to feed down our throats. Maybe when it switches to Roy as being the main as, – as a focus, like as a different story arc, I might flip through it again. I'm not sure I'd flip through it for Starfire because, you know, I don't really – I've never been a real fan of Starfire yeah. to be honest with you. I mean with. maybe maybe it'll, it'll have a little bit of resonance if they, you know, address this whole difference of – how she is now versus how she was back in the old fifty in the old DC universe. Like maybe they tell the story of why she's being like that. I don't think we will though. I I really don't uh, think we're going to get that. I think they well a good storyteller would. Yes. He he would come up with a reason, you know. And I and if they do, I think it'd be interesting now having read these few. But I think the main I think the bottom line is is that I'm okay with you being out on Red Hood because I think I'm going to be out until they get out of uh, Tiberia or t- Tibetan monk baloney yeah and given how many creative changes and staff changes and stuff the dc titles are going through who knows maybe this time maybe this staff won't be on the book for that long anyway yeah that's the other thing kind of rogifer dropped dropped out i don't know yeah then i'd definitely be out unless you threw in someone stellar someone good yeah someone yeah. of the same quality so yeah that was red hood and the Outlaws. so you know speaking of Different artists, though. Um, Amazing Spider-Man 674 came out this week, featuring art by um, Giuseppe Cumunculi, who I guess is part of the new Spider-Man rotating artists with uh, Umberto Ramos and Stefano Caselli. It's like an Italian dessert. Come on. It really is. Well, and, you know, and with a little Spanish side, like a Umberto's Mexican. I don't know. Anyway. Whatever. So Go Amazing Spider-Man 674 featuring st- – we're still kind of in the aftermath of Spider-Island. You know, we we still have folks who are trying to get into New York just to get spider powers, um, despite the fact that Spider Island has been cured. Oh, can I can I can I give Wayne's opinion real cool, real quick? Sure, sure. Voice. I I love the new art. I think it's great. I like the fact Carly's not around not around in Peter's life as his girlfriend anymore. I want to get back Mary Jane. I loves it. There you go. That was Wayne. <laughs> there you go. It's like having Wayne here. Yeah, it's uncanny. Um, <laughs> no, it was really awful. But, that's <laughs> <laughs> but Spider-Man is not the only person who's lending out his superpowers. The Vulture is too. Yep. And he the has Vulture. these um, goth. The Vulture had an IPO. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's he's got little goth vultures running around for him, yeah, stealing they all, shit. They're, and they're all like buzzed head, ear, you know, earrings, freaky looking people. Yes. Exactly. Tattooed on their faces and shit. Goth people. I do. I do like their energy weapons, though. I kind of. I kind of like the whole angel like nickname and the fact that they look like they have these size slash, you know, shepherd's crooks. Yeah, I do. I. I mean, they're kind of cool. I got to be honest. I find them more interesting than I find the actual vulture character. Yeah, well, yeah. Because the vulture does pop up at the end. You know, he he is kind of this new kingpin type character. You know, who runs this this little motley gang of people, and they bring him riches. As opposed to Old Kingpin, who was in this book, too. Yes, Old Kingpin is in this book and just kind of pissed off that he doesn't have his spider powers anymore. However, happy. He, it is revealed he has an inside man at the technology firm that Peter Parker works at. Which at, we sort of had a, a guess that that was the case, but now it's been confirmed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, overall, pretty pretty well done book. I am, you know, it, I liked, it goes without saying that we have enjoyed Dan Slott's Spider-Man. I like his, uh, uh, yeah, okay, so Tim has some reservations. 
the, I, I, okay. So when Dan Slott took away his spider powers, I threw a, I threw a big wine ball baby fit about it, and I thought it was baloney and a crap. And I want my Spider-Man to not suck. And they did that so that they could tell the story where he was the same as everybody else, basically. So I'm like, okay, I get that. That was good. That was good. It, it made. You know, the training with Shang Chi ring true as to why he could do something about it. It also rang true about him saying everybody was just like me, so they should kind of sympathize and understand me more, even though the police think he's still a bag of dicks. Um, <laughs> but I really liked Carly, and I really liked that relationship. And I, I kind of hoped that, you know, and it made a whole lot, it made sense that she told him to, to piss up a rope, basically, when she recognize the truth behind the fact that he's Spider-Man. But I wanted that relationship to go on. And I, you know, at the end of Spider-Island, they're pushing this whole Mary Jane thing. Oh, look at that. Mary Jane's wearing, you know, Spider-Man's top. She's the one covering his back. She's the only one that, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, really? See, I'm, I'm okay with it. I, I like Mary Jane. I'm, but unlike Wayne, I've never been a Carly fan, really. Ugh. I mean, I like the fact that she's got a decent-sized rack, you know, the way when her Umberto Ramos draws her. But other than that, I'm not the hugest fan. Well, see, the thing is, is that I I feel like this is the first woman in his in his life. Other, you know, well, Sue Storm's kind of his intellectual equal in certain ways, but mm. it's never portrayed in this book like that. Sure. This is more of a she's on the same intellectual level. You know, she's a CSI investigator. She's really smart. The fact that he's, you know, inventing stuff for Max Modell now, yeah, it made it a lot more interesting and a lot. They they clicked in ways that I never felt like Mary Jane and Peter ever did, you know, because she was this model and all this other stuff. And you know, in certain '90s books, you know, when they were kind of drifting apart, that seemed kind of that made sense to me. It's like, oh, well, it was hot and it was real hot in the beginning, and now it's kind of cooled off because they're way different. This I felt was was way it was a lot more organic mm-hmm. and i just i really like that relationship and now it's gone although in this book they show that him and carly the, carly's still going to be around is kind of what they're saying yeah like more I mean, of a detective uh what's her name watanabe kind of yeah. way so well like, i don't know i'm sure there's going to be some type of relationship type tension between those two yeah i mean it won't I don't know. know. There's got to be a reason they're keeping her around and it can't just be because she's a good cop yeah they're keeping her around to keep it to keep it awkward, and I don't like awkward. <laughs> so, are you are you sticking with Spider-Man though? I mean, at least for the next issue. See, Dan Slott didn't steer me wrong with the whole Spider Sense thing. Mm-hmm. He, to- he there was a real good reason to do that. I really don't like the Vulture, like the the new Vulture, like the the Vulturettes or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're okay. I I don't know. I think I might give it one more. I'll get to six seventy five, as long as it's not seven bucks. <coughs> Fantastic Four. Yeah. And then, uh, then maybe we'll make a decision. I'll give him one more because I do like the art and I and I do like this. Generally, like the storytelling. There's been a couple things that just didn't ring true, but if it's still going to go down this path of we're going to lead towards, you know, back to the old Spider-Man with Mary Jane being more in the forefront, I'm not interested. So we'll see. I'll give him one more issue, Paul. Well, time will tell. Time will tell. So that was the condensed version of this podcast, right there. Boom. <laughs> Doing it faster now because I have to edit. Like, oh, that's like, true. Before, it's like, I'm going to talk a bunch. Now it's like, F this. <laughs> <laughs> so next week, we when next time we get together to record, we'll be after Thanksgiving and after Black Friday. Do you have any uh, Thanksgiving plans, Tim? Uh, nothing major. But why do they call it Black Friday, Paul? I, it's called Black Friday, not because it's a horrible day. 
It's called Black mm-hmm. Friday because that is the day that most retailers for the year go into the black. Um, oh. You know, they're they're typically you know retail. A lot of retailers are in the red. You know, spending more than they than they earn until Black Friday, which puts a lot of retailers in the black. See, I thought it was this whole thing where the the uh, it's Black Friday because it's doom and gloom because you work in the retail industry. You'd think so, but now, as why, far is, as been, why is black negative? I don't. Why are people doing that? Racist. Racist. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't have any big plans. I've heard a lot of good like Black Friday uh, deals that are out for like video games I want, but I'm going to be working, so I don't really care. Well, here's the good thing about Black Friday, because I used to go out for those Black Friday morning deals and shit. That doesn't surprise me. But, you know, Keep now, it, what kind of pisses me off is that they all now have... Black Thanksgiving night. Well, yeah, but Black Thanksgiving night, essentially. You know, they, they started at midnight on Thanksgiving night, and I'm like, Ten. I'm not going to line up in the middle of dinner just because I want Bar- Batman Arkham City for 28 bucks. Um, so instead, what I'm going to do, you know, Amazon pretty much pretty much price matches on all the electronics stuff. So I'll just watch Amazon because I'm Monday, sure Amazon will have Cyber Monday. Well, no, during Black Friday, Amazon will price match a lot of the deals. So if you want, you know, if you see Batman Arkham City is 28 bucks at Best Buy or something, it'll probably be 28 bucks on Amazon also. So, you know, I'm I'm just going to do that because I'm there's no fucking way I'm going to go out at midnight. And I got to I got to admit to a certain extent, I'd prefer to go out at midnight than wake up at 4 in the morning, but not on Thanksgiving Day. I want to spend time with my family on Thanksgiving. I'm not going to interrupt dinner to go line up because I want a $200 TV or something. But, you know, you can spend some of that $500 to give me Uncharted 3 for 40 bucks. We could be buddies. Sure. I'll keep an eye out, you know. We could be Uncharted buddies and then I never get it. <laughs> and, then, and you just get like Uncharted Four. So like I'm not. I'm gonna buy Uncharted. I'm gonna buy Uncharted. I bought, I bought Fours of Four. Paul, eat it. <laughs> Once you get that, we can be Fours of buddies. <laughs> Next week's kind of a light week with comic books. You know, I, I saw that you know D and D thirteen's coming out, so that one was the one I was gonna pick up. But not a whole lot that I saw that I was getting. I know. I think Aquaman's coming out next week, so you guys will probably be all fish loving about that. Do me a favor, Tim, since you are only purchasing one comic book next week. Oh, no. Well, hold on. I, should I make you buy something, or should I just make you read one of the preview copies that we get from a company? Because I was going to say buy Secret Avengers number 19. You know, I was thinking about it, so maybe I will. If Secret Avengers number 19, you know, it's a done-in-one tale, you know, give it a shot. Let me know. I'll what do you that. Think. I will do that for you. I will buy Secret Avengers 19, even though you dra- even though you dropped Red Hood with me. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we, we, we both dropped out of that piece of crap. That's fair. That's fair. All right, everyone. Although, you do not have a good track record there, uh, Spaceman. Yeah, yeah, at least that was only a buck. <laughs> it was only a buck, but this is going to be more, so we're up in the ante, Paul. Well, fingers crossed. Yeah. You're, I'm going to get business cards found like this, I'm going to tell you right now. All right. Christmas. <laughs> Anyways, we'll talk to you guys next week. Man. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Bye, everybody. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.
right. Okay, that was that, that was bad. that was a podcast.